0: Hello and welcome to The Rating Room, your weekly ticket to the world of cinema. In today's episode, we are diving deep into the gritty world of crime and intrigue with the myth, with the British thriller, Layer Cake.
1: The Rating Room. The Rain Room. The protagonist, who remains unnamed throughout the film, is a successful and savvy cocaine dealer in London. He has plans to retire from the criminal underworld and live a quiet, wealthy life. However, his plans are disrupted when he is tasked by his boss, Jimmy Price, with finding the daughter of a powerful crime lord, Eddie Temple. That is Layer Cake in a nutshell. And, Jay, we can't start the rating room without our usual first question. Have you seen this film before, and what did you remember about it?
0: Yeah, so I've seen the film um, several times Andy and I remember quite a few standout scenes and I remember there being some really intense moments in the film as well I remember that Daniel Craig's character and performance was really captivating actually because I don't recall seeing many films if any before this one actually of Daniel Craig's and you could say this film was his um, audition for the James Bond role as well I do recall some plot twist. Um, I do recall some plot twists as well and I remember the the final scene um, in the countryside with the, the country house. What about you, Andy?
1: So this is a new one for me. I knew that it stars Daniel Craig, and then that's it. I know nothing about the film. I knew nothing about the the type of film, the genre, the other stars. I, uh, all I knew is, is this is a Daniel Craig film. So this is a really blank slate for me.
0: So this is the second time, isn't it, Andy, that you've been in this situation with um, Interstellar being the first time? Indeed. Yes, uh, uh, our regular listeners will remember um, that Andy wasn't a big fan of Interstellar. And if I recall, Andy, was that a 3 out of 10?
1: It was a 3 out of 10, yeah. So the bar is very low. Layer Cake does not have to do much to to jump over 3 out of 10, but uh, I guess we'll find out as we discuss.
0: Yeah, and I must admit, Andy, when we repit this film, I was quite intrigued to see what you thought of it, especially after the, the the situation we had with Interstellar. I was a little bit nervous, but I was quite intrigued, actually, to see what you thought of um, Layer Cake.
1: Yeah, the difference with that is I kind of knew what Interstellar was about to an extent. You know, I knew the stars, I knew the genre, I knew I knew what to expect to a certain level, whereas this... I didn't really even have expectations and I didn't look into it beforehand because I didn't want to kind of prejudge it,
0: as it were. So it could have been a cookery film.
1: It, it could baking. it could have involved cooking and other things of that nature.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into the film now. As always, we talk about the box office first, so I'm gonna kick things off here. Now, the budget was six point five million dollars and the box office was 11.7 million dollars and as usual we do adjust the box office in today's money and that brings it up to 18.9 million dollars. Now that was due to the film having a very limited run in cinemas in the, in the United States and this explains why the box office performance is a lot lower than the other films that we've covered this season but also in previous seasons. Now in its opening weekend Lear Kate was only available in 10 theaters and ranked 35th in the US weekend box office charts. Now, they did open more theatres over the next few weeks, and was in 200 theatres by the fourth week, when the film then peaked at 15th.
1: If we focus on the British weekend box office, things are a little bit differently, probably what you'd expect being a British film. The film opened at number three in its first weekend, and stayed in the top five for the next three weekends. And uh, the two films that kept Layer Cake from reaching number one in the British box office were the films Wimbledon and Saw.
0: Now Andy I know you've mentioned Saw before and I've seen the, the original Saw film have you seen Wimbledon before?
1: I have seen Wimbledon football team play football and I and I have seen some real Wimbledon tournaments but I've not seen the film Wimbledon it just doesn't appeal to me I'll be honest
0: doesn't fly. So a little um, side note here Andy when I was first dating my wife um, years and years ago I remember Wimbledon being on TV and I, d- I just asked her, I said, oh, do you know where Wimbledon is? You know, thinking you might say, like London or somewhere like that. And then she turned around and said, is it in France? And her geography isn't that great, but I always remember that. That's going back nearly probably about 20 years.
1: And it was that moment you knew she was the one. Yeah, <laughs> the keeper, yes. Uh, let's let's dig a little bit deeper. So the film Lear Cake released in 2004. Directed by Matthew Vaughan, with the soundtrack composer being Lisa Gerrard and Elan Eshkiri.
0: The film is based on a book by J.J. J. Connolly, and Leia Kate was the British author's debut novel and was first published in 2000. Now the screenplay for Leia Kate was also written by J.J. J. Connolly as well, so that's nice that he, he got to write the book and also the screenplay. Now, this is Matthew Vaughan's directorial debut, having previously served as a producer on films including Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch and Me Machine, three films that I do enjoy.
1: Yes, and uh, this one certainly fits the type, as we'll discuss as we get into it. Now, since this, Vaughan has directed a number of films, including Stardust, Kick-Ass, two X-Men films and the Kingsman trilogy. Uh, his latest film, as at time of recording, is the film Argyle, Currently cinemas cinemas, starring Henry Cavill, Bryce Dallas Howard and John Cena. Now, as mentioned in the intro, Daniel Craig's character remains nameless throughout the film. And uh, this brings me on to a question of what should we call him throughout this episode? He's credited as 4 as 4X. So, do we call him...
0: Yeah, it's a shame they didn't do the film credits as triple X, because that would be a lot easier to say... Uh, Forex, isn't that like a an Aussie beer or lager?
1: Castle Mine Forex, yeah. I remember that from my uni days.
0: Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I quite find it interesting actually that the character remains nameless throughout the film. I like that little, um, little play. Now, Michael Gambon plays gangster Eddie Temple and Gambon had a successful acting career that spanned over six decades. Now, you might probably recognise him, well I think you will recognise him because he was featured in Hogwarts um, as the head teacher Professor Dumbledore in the Harry Potter films and also in Layer Cake um, we have Tom Hardy and this is one of Tom Hardy's earlier roles and he plays the role of Chemist Clarkie and he looks very young um, in this film and before this one um, he actually previously appeared in roles Black Hawk Down and Star Trek Nemesis.
1: Yeah very young Tom Hardy and his name's quite a way down the credits as well so he's, he's not listed as one of the main actors. Now Irish actor Colm Meany plays the part of Gene. He's probably best known for his role as Miles O'Brien in the Star Trek The Next Generation and Deep Space Nine series. Uh, we have a familiar actor playing the role of Sydney, the boyfriend of Sienna Miller's character. That actor is of course Ben Wishaw. You might recognise Wishaw from a number of films but we've mentioned him Briefly, I would say, during season one of the podcast, as he plays Q in three James Bond films alongside Daniel Craig. So we have uh, our all-important Bond connection, which we probably have at least one of pretty much every episode, don't we? In some some fashion or other. Now, a quick side note. uh, Barbara Broccoli stated that Craig's performance in Layer Cake made her consider him for the Bond role. On the DVD commentary... Vaughn comments that Craig wants to be James Bond. So this kind of planted the seeds, wouldn't wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, if it, if it wasn't for this one, we might have never seen Daniel Craig as James Bond. Now, this was Sienna Miller's fourth appearance in a film, and this was a breakthrough role. Now, Miller later appears in another film by Vaughn, Stardust, which is a fantastic film. I like Stardust. And to take that song from Stardust... Which I cannot remember the name was my um, wedding song, you know, where you have your first arts, Andy. Uh, rule the World. That is it, yes. yes. Well, you know my early onset dementia
1: there, Andy. Should I, shall I the edit? Wife is... Yeah, I was gonna say, shall I edit the part <laughs> out you so you can't remember your wedding song? Jay definitely remembers this wedding song. What was it called, Jay? <laughs> Tell the listeners. Rule the World. There we go.
0: <laughs> the film received a, a number of nominations, including one for Best Promising Newcomer. BAFTA Award and four Empire Award nominations in the Best British Actor, Best British Film, Best Newcomer and Best British Director. Now Matthew Form picked up the best, British lot of best there, Best British Director
1: Award at the Empire Awards. That's easy for you to say. Now um, I've got more beeping to do here because I have to give this next stat. An article from 2020 states that Layer Cake has an average of two instances of the word f*** per screen minute, which makes this film 54th on the all-time list of films to feature the word f***. So it's uh, I guess you could say number 54 on the f*** list.
0: Yeah, and that's an interesting fact, and I think it's interesting, and my wife constantly, I know I've said this before, but my wife constantly takes the mickey out of me for keep using interesting um, Andy.
1: Well, I'll keep using Uh, the word f*** then, shall I?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you're going to find that fact in many film podcasts, Andy. So this is what makes our podcast unique. Now, as usual, we're going to talk, uh, spend a little time talking about the film. Now, I think the, the opening scene is really memorable, actually, because you've got Daniel Craig's voiceover giving the audience some background um, to the drug scene as well. And we are introduced to 4X, tri- well, how are we going to call this, Andy? Tri- triple X, 4X?
1: Oh, I, I in it? my notes, I just kept referring to him as Craig because I, having having not seen the film before, I was just waiting for his name to be revealed. I didn't know that it was a thing until the very end, so I just referred to him as Craig or Craig's character. But we can we can call him Forex if you want.
0: I just don't want um, any trademark people to come after us, and do our little podcast. But uh, I will I will mix things up. And so we're introduced to Craig's character and his crew. And we, we see FCUK um, in quite a lot of branding here, which I thought was really interesting. And then, you know, we've, we've done some research here that like we usually do. And FCUK gave permission for the film to use their branding in the film. Now, that's thanks to one of the executive producers on the film who happened to be the founder of the French Connection UK brand.
1: There you go, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Now, my initial comment of seeing Craig on screen was that he looked quite skinny, or at least skinnier than I'm used to seeing him. You know, having seen him in the Bond films predominantly, he's a bit of a beefcake, but not in this. I thought he was a little bit skinnier than usual. Uh, We're also introduced to the criminals who have gone to Amsterdam to raid a drug manufacturing plant. And uh, in parallel, Forex talks about his plan to leave the drug scene. Now, I thought this whole setup where you've kind of got Craig's view, you've got the Amsterdam thing happening, kind of there's a bit of back and forth, really sets the scene for the whole film really well. And there's no messing about. it's no lengthy, convoluted intro. There's nothing to kind of get your mind around. It's just, bam, we're into it. This is what the film's about. Let's get on with it. And I really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, and I think it's quite unique, really, because he is essentially about to leave the scene and obviously what happens in the film occurs because he's talking about not being in the game for like forever and he is it I think he quotes he wants to get to a million or something and then he's ready to get out so I think that that's really interesting now you know something does go wrong unfortunately for Craig because in Amsterdam um something has gone really wrong but at the moment we don't know what that is so we do find out um, later on in the film. Now they go to a very posh country club to see Jimmy. Now Jimmy needs a favor and it's a job for Eddie Temple. Eddie Temple's daughter has gone missing so we don't know who Eddie Temple is yet or well, we're not we've not met him yet. So triple, or triple X, um, 4X and the lads go to see the Duke about the 1 million pills for sale so that's a lot of pills and this is a I think this is a really, really tense scene and it's really well performed by everyone here. Um it, it's really tense. Um I really like this bit. And Forex bumps into Sydney, um who turns out he's the nephew of the Duke.
1: Yeah, so things are starting to fall into place here, and of course with Sydney on screen that means we've got Bond and Q together. Kind of um bit of foreshadowing, you would say. Now, as well as Sydney, we're also introduced to I guess she's Sydney's girlfriend, played by Sienna Miller. And uh, she immediately catches the eye of 4X. And as she leaves, she slips him a piece of paper. Which I guess we'll find out what's on that fairly soon. But uh, in the meantime, uh, they're off to meet the Scousers, Trevor and Shanks. They're not happy about something, and they start to talk about what's happened in Amsterdam. Um, and then we we kind of have a bit of a cutback scene to what happened with the Duke and the Serbians, the Serbians being hardcore criminals in organised crime. And, um, yeah, things are not going to plan, to say the least. And Jimmy, sorry, Mr Price, is not happy at all.
0: You no, know, he's not happy bunny at all. And we have a, a, a scene here where the ca- um, camera cuts to an iron. And we don't find out what that is, but we do find out why that is important later on. Um, So they do find Kinky's dead body, but the daughter isn't there. So Eddie Temple's daughter is still missing at this point. It looks like Kinky was murdered, um, but made to look like a drug overdose. So things are getting a bit suspicious here. Now, later on, they're in a cafe, and a bloke called Freddy comes in, and he's looking really worse for wear. And he asks Morty for some money, and, you know, he... He sits down and has, um, I think it's his breakfast with um, Craig and Malty, And this scene is really, really brutal. Um, and Malty um, essentially gives Freddy a, a really um, bad beating. And then when this is happening as well, we, we see Duke is murdered, but we don't see who's killed Duke yet
1: yeah there's a lot going on in multiple locations just going back to the the cafe scene i agree with you i thought it was a really really well done scene escalated very quickly didn't it now at this stage we we don't really know what's going on and why morty reacted like he did but a very very well done scene it,
0: the thing that i found difficult was you know it's a it's a it's a beating and then you think it's all going to be over, and then he goes and gets the, like, the, the jug of steam in, I think it's tea, the tea because yeah. the tea bags come yeah. out, uh, and that just like tops it off, and then they obviously make a, a quick escape, don't they?
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty bad. But soon thereafter, Forex meets up with Gene, and Gene gives him the backstory about Freddie and Morty, and why Morty ended up going to prison. Now, I noted a quote in another scene around this time um, I'm going to say it and then if we need to cut it we'll cut it but I thought it was quite funny when they were basically questioning whether one of the characters in the flashback was gay or not and his response was F- females is for p-.
0: when that happened Andy when I was re-watching this I thought you'd might like that line and then when I saw and heard that you just quoted it um, it does give me a little smile because I thought you'd like that one
1: yeah it's a good one Now
0: it is, it is a good one there are a few good um, quotes, actually. Now, there is a funny scene with the the gun display cabinet as well, and Craig acting like a hitman, kind of like um, acted a bit like a spy. Um, and like I said earlier on, this is kind of his au- audition um, for the James Bond film. Now, Dragon rings um, Craig's character, and he's looking for the drugs.
1: Yeah, this phone call, I thought, was quite amusing as well, Um uh, basically, you know, I, I didn't write word for word, but basically, what what happens is, Dragon says he wants his drugs back, and uh, Craig's character says, "Well, you know, why don't we have some breakfast, and talk about this like civilized men or sort of thing?" And says, "Do you know where I live?" And Dragon says, "No." He says, well, fuck off and puts the phone down." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just just a a brilliant way to end the phone call. I thought
0: it, it is good way, but also, um, I think it's quite intelligent because he knows. That he doesn't actually know where he lives. So he's got his mobile number, but he doesn't actually know where um Craig's character lives at the moment, so that's good. Now Sienna C- Miller is looking hot um in this film. And Craig's character has a hot date with her. But Finns don't go to plan. So I knew this I remembered this bit, so I knew this was building up.
1: Yeah, they're in the hotel room and uh, she goes to uh, well, slip into something more comfortable, as they would say. It didn't look comfortable, to be honest. It looked quite tight in places. But um, uh, there's a knock on the door. Room service is here. So, you know, that's nice. I and mean, it's not room service, is it? It's not quite what he ordered.
0: It's not. And it, in fact, it's um, a couple of Eddie's Temple's um, goons. And they take him to the rooftop um, as well. And he... he he kind of, I think he opens his eye. Oh, they take the um, the um, mask off his face, and um, he's he's laid down, isn't he, over the the top of the the roof with his head over. So that, that's a scare, especially someone for me like you know who um, is scared of heights. Now, Temple gives Daniel Craig um, character a brief update on Jimmy, and about the dodgy investment that led to Jimmy losing thirteen million dollars.
1: Yeah, the plot is definitely thickening at this point because. Uh... Forex takes a ride with Temple and his goons and they listen to a recording and it's Jimmy and a police officer. Turns out Jimmy, this criminal mastermind, is actually an informant for the police. Jimmy's set him up um, and gives him up to the police for 12 months.
0: Yeah, so that's um, that shocked Daniel Craig's character and Forex goes and kills Jimmy after he's had a, a night swim and he's watering his garden plants. His, his house looks very nice. And this, this is really interesting because now he's more that, you know, he's, you know, at the beginning of the um, film, he's talked about being a businessman and now he's more than a businessman. He's neck deep in this. Now um, he's neck deep in a criminal underground, um, but you do see him, it's hit him hard um, because we see him like mixing drugs and alcohol and he's, he's trying to come to terms um, with what he's done.
1: Yeah, he's almost like drinking himself into a bit of a stupor, isn't he? He's, uh, he's in shock. But uh, something tells me killing is a skill that might come in handy for Craig in the future. Now, from there, Craig's character wants his money. So he goes to see his accountant. That's where you'd go for all, for all your money. Gets to the office, it's completely empty. He, he's cleared it out and he kind of slumps in the corner, crestfallen because, um, you know, the money's gone, as has the accountant. So off he goes to see Temple again. Temple offers to buy these pills for three million pounds, and they've arranged to have them delivered to his warehouse on Tuesday. And a little funny line that Temple says when he, you know, they're organising the delivery, is uh, something along the lines of "Even drug dealers don't work weekends."
0: Yeah, that that is a good one. And Forex and Morsey go to see Jean, but Jean gives Forex a, a, a really brutal beating and. Morty's um locked outside. Now the Daniel Craig character does convince um Gene and Morty to listen to the recording of Jimmy and you know that's the recording where they find out that he's an informer. And they do believe him now.
1: Yeah, he's he's a right mess though, isn't he? So they're all you know, after this revelation has come out, they're all sat at the I think it's the breakfast bar, isn't it, in the apartment having a bit of a drink and uh, the Gene's talking about that he kept the gun from, from the crime years ago because it was his favourite and uh, I, I just find this amusing when Morty says I hope you don't tell the other guns you've got favourites
0: It is, uh, another funny little quote Andy you've got there and the next day we, we see Craig's character and he's meet the the scouser hitman um, at the train station and they go to meet Dragon now, Finns don't go to plan though again and Dragon hits the hitman Oh, sorry. I say he, he hits the hitman. He kills the hitman.
1: This this was a really really good scene. It really took me by surprise as well. Um, just just the way that they're kind of peering out in the bushes and you know waiting for Dragon to appear. Like, it's going to appear at any minute, and then, bang! The shot from out of nowhere. It's like whoa! What just happened? Really really enjoyed that. Now, later on, he meets up with Gene and Morty, and it turns out that Gene. And his goon were the ones that killed the Duke and uh, his girl. And he's got their dead bodies in the freezer.
0: Yeah, and this little fact actually comes in handy. So Daniel Cray's character goes to negotiate with Duke's men. But armed police raid the place. Now, the police take the drugs away. And they manage um, Cray's character and the, the Duke's men. Um, they manage to escape via the boat. And Forex goes to meet Dragon, um, and he's brought the, the freezer box as well. Um, however, it turns out the raid was a setup, and Forex used the two guys that we saw earlier on who were looking for Eddie Temple's daughter. Now Andy, obviously I said, I've seen this before, so I remember like this plot twist. What did you think of this um, when you first? Because they, you know the two men um, that were kind of like working on the cover at the beginning, and then they're looking for Eddie Temple's daughter they've got quite distinctive voices, even though they change their voices. Did you pick that up? Because it focused on their feet, didn't it? And you didn't see their faces until uh, like a little bit
1: later on. I, I didn't guess that that's what was going on. I thought, I just assumed it was a real raid and you know, things have gone pear-shaped. But yeah, those those two characters are pretty funny. I, I like the earlier scene. I know we didn't touch on it um, in that much detail, but where they're in the club and they're, they're chatting up the American women by pretending to be, um, not pretending to be royalty, but they're pretending to be like... Rich yuppie types, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're they're a good double act. They are. Um, but back to this raid, which turns out was was not a raid after all. The plans work nicely for 4X. and he's got the pick. He's got the pills for Temple. So things are looking up again for him. So he meets with with Temple to swap the pills for the three million pounds, but yet again things are not going according to plan. Temple is keeping the pills for himself. And he gives Forex a little talk about the layer cake, and says he's just getting into this business, so he's uh, he's kind of double-crossed him, hasn't he? Really, you know. Well, he ha- he's double-crossed him, but uh, with a, with a bit of a, a pep talk of sorts.
0: Yeah, and it's I remember watching this for the first time, and I, I didn't see this comment, so I think it's considering all the things that Daniel Craig's character has managed to overcome to deliver this and get the the Serbians off his back. You, you think it's going to play out nicely for him but this was um, another little twist um, that originally I, I didn't see coming. Now we have a scene here where we find out what's in the freezer box and it's the Duke's head. And then we also, um, like the camera kind of pans out and we, sit, we witness the scale of the Serbian drug business. So even though they, they had a million pills stolen um, at the beginning of the film by um, the Duke and his men and girlfriend they they could have e- easily kind of um taken that hit but obviously it's all about reputation um and for them that that wasn't even probably a day's work you know in terms of that manufacturing plant was it it's
1: like finding change down the sofa and saying you've stolen money from yeah. the
0: <laughs> yeah now forex decides to fill the void that jimmy's death has left and we later see him at the country club so this is the same country club that we had at the beginning When he met with um, Jimmy uh, and co. And they give a toast to the new king. However, Forex walks away from being a king. So I don't know if he's ever explained how much time has elapsed here. Um, However, Sydney makes a surprise visit. And he shoots um, Daniel Craig's carrot on the steps. And he lays there dying. And the film um, ends there. So it's... um, not an ending that you would expect, Andy. Or what? What did you expect? I mean, not seen this before.
1: Uh, I thought it was a really shocking ending. To be honest, I thought it was really well done. Um, you'd argue he deserved it because you know he did steal steal Sydney's girl after all, so Sydney's probably justified. So the the ending itself was really well done. Really surprised me. What I would say though is the last few minutes of the film. So kind of from where Temple takes the drugs away to this, you know, and he's taken over from Jimmy in the meantime felt a little bit rushed like it just jumped from the the drugs now he's taken over now he's over now he's giving up now he's dead Pro- probably could have strung that out a little bit longer if I'm you know but that's kind of just me being over critical I guess but uh, a really really good ending
0: i think it's valid Andy because you know thinking back about it you know a lot has happened in the film and obviously we're going to talk about the run times um very soon but yeah after you said like you know the the warehouse scene with Eddie Temple, it, it's probably not even five minutes and it's come to a close, you know, in terms of like the country club, he's retiring now and then he gets shot. It all oh, yeah, it it does feel, you know, as you said, um there, it does feel a bit rushed.
1: Yeah, I think so. But um it doesn't take too much away from the film, I don't think. I think it's still a very, very good ending. Now, research tells me that there is an alternate ending, which is available on YouTube. And it shows Forex and Sienna Miller's character. I believe her name's Tammy from from memory, uh, driving off in a red convertible sports car. Apparently, Sony tried to get this happy ending in the film, but Vaughn filmed the final ending without telling the studio. Vaughn decided to use his ending for the test screening audience, and it received a positive reception.
0: I think I think that's uh, an interesting um, fact there, Andy. And uh, you know, I've, I've watched the alternative ending, and I must admit, I preferred the version that was in the film i don't think being in the criminal underground um doesn't necessarily guarantee you a happy ending so i think it is quite fitting really the ending that he has Uh,
1: i would tend to agree i haven't seen the alternative ending as described i should probably look that up at some point but from how it's written and thank you to our crack team of researchers for pulling that together um I think the way they ended is the way they should have ended it. I think that's that was the way to go. So I'm, I'm in full agreement that that was the right thing to do. And that brings us to to the end of that particular section. So uh, here on the rating room, we need to talk ratings. So, Jay, I'll let you kick us off. Why don't you give me your score out of 10?
0: I, I've seen this film probably less than five times, no more than five times. And I remembered really enjoying this film and obviously... Um, you know we said you've not watched this one before and I was really keen to watch this one again and I wasn't disappointed Um, there were some bits that I would say I probably didn't remember um, but I found I I watched it all in one go and I, I just really really enjoyed it and I was thinking it's kind of got me wanting to watch more crime slash gangster films again I used to watch a lot when I was younger so in terms of the rating, I gave it a very solid eight out of ten. I I, I nearly went with nine, actually, um, but I I went with eight, um, just because um, it it was a very good film. It doesn't have a, it doesn't have enough Tom Hardy, um, but and like you know you pointed out, and this doesn't have any kind of impact on the score. Daniel Craig's physique is very, very different to when he was in Bond. And it, it was very weird, like you pointed out earlier on. Having seen Daniel Craig recently in things like The, the Glass Onion and the James Bond films, he has very different physique here. Um, so that was um, quite surprising, actually, because I didn't remember that. But I know I really, really enjoyed it. And um, we apparently, the. The the rights to a sequel um, is owned by a, an actor, a British actor, um, Jason Stafford. Is it Stafford? He does Jason like, um, like action. Statham, yeah, but he's in he's he has in the, the rights. Fast
1: and Furious and the Transporter and a few other action yes. films. Is he's, he's local to you, you know, born is he? born in Shirebrook, just down the road oh, from, right. from where oh, we okay. are.
0: Yes, thank you for giving my location away, Andy. All there, all our fans will be. Paparazzi will be following us around now. Um, no, so I, you a know, long-winded way there, Andy, to say. Eight, eight, so I really, really did enjoy this. And I love it when we watch a film that we one of us like and actually enjoy watching it. it it's nice. Um, and to be fair, we're going to go through the ratings later on. This season hasn't been disappointing for me um, in our mixtape season three. So I'm, I'm really, really happy with this one. And I'm quite intrigued to find out what you thought of this
1: one well let me tell you so last time i had a an unknown film was interstellar didn't really enjoy it at all um despite a tremendous score from your side of things and again you've given this one a really really good score eight out of ten now i didn't go eight out of ten but i'm not far behind with seven i really enjoyed the film Thought it was very very good there's not there's not really a lot to pick apart with it um you know i mentioned the ending maybe could have been stretched out a little bit You know, those last few scenes could have stretched out a little bit more. Very enjoyable, very well acted, good performances throughout. I think first time viewing maybe skews my figures a little bit in that some of the more memorable scenes were not necessarily iconic scenes or were not kind of ones that I would quote years and years in the future. Sort of thing, you know, I watched this last night, I've taken notes, that's why I can remember certain things. So, it's kind of, it kind of falls in the very good not great category for me, based on first watching. I think over time it might be one of those where I look a bit more fondly on it, but uh I, I really enjoyed it. And you mentioned, you know, it's made you want to see some of the films. We we mentioned some of Vaughan's other films, or that he produced on things like Lockstock, and uh Snatch I think was one of them as well they're both excellent films and it makes me want to revisit those kind of ones as well cuz it's a proper like geezer film isn't it uh, and i do enjoy that but yeah really enjoyed fil- the film 7 out of 10 uh, a really good effort
0: and going back to your your point andy Le- uh, lockstock and films like snatch um a really good and snatch um i watched last year actually um you know Brad Pitt playing um play in a uh, A traveller, isn't he? Uh, I think he even might be Irish. um.
1: Yeah, uh, I love Brad Pitt in that film. The the, the thing that I always always remember from that is um, when he's talking to Stephen Graham's character and he's like, do you like dags? What? Do you like dags? Oh, dogs. Yeah, I like dags. (laughs)
0: So we've we've given you our, our rating, so 8 out of 10 for me and Andy, 7. Now, what do the good folks at IMDB think? And I can tell you, they think 7.3 out of 10. So consistent with our scores.
1: Yeah, and Rotten Tomatoes were a little bit more generous, but again in the same sort of ballpark. 81% on the Tomatometer with an 84% audience score. So very respectable scores all round from... The the three big sources of, of movie ratings, that being IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and now The Rating Room, firmly established in the top three, if I do say so myself. Now, let's end things as we always do with our piece de resistance, and that is, of course, The Rank Bank. I think, I don't know if you touched on this earlier in the... Film in the episode or not actually because uh, I've forgotten thirty five minutes ago or whatever it was. But we can I start with the runtimes. Jay, why don't you uh, give the listeners an overview of the runtimes?
0: Yeah, so I I didn't say how long the runtime was. I kind of alluded um, to the runtimes earlier on, and in season three, um, we you know in season one and season one and two we used to mention the runtime. Earlier in the podcast, but we took that out with um, this season. We we'll just cover it now in our the rank bank. Now, layer cake. Surprisingly, because it doesn't feel like this at all. One hour forty-five minutes. It just flew by for me, and that means it goes in at number three in season three. So, Interstellar out there for two hours forty-nine minutes. They they flew by for Andy. Surely, um, Die Harder number two. Layer cake um, at number three hangover five minutes shorter at number four and elf popping up the bottom of the table in terms of the run times andy do you want to remind our listeners about the box off rank um performance and where does that leave us in the charts
1: yeah so layer cake just a reminder budget of 6.5 million dollars, which is by far the smallest budget we've had of uh, our season three mixtape so far worldwide box office 11.7 million dollars nowhere near anything else on the list like not even close and the adjusted box office doesn't really help either because it's 18.9 million dollars adjusted so just about 340 something million dollars shy of second to last place so it's comfortably in fifth place of five with uh, on the surface what appears quite low box office figures but it was at least profitable
0: Yeah, indeed. And like we mentioned earlier on in the the episode, it's, you know, it's impacted by the limited run it has. And for me, you know, when you when you talk about the adjusted box office, Andy, there's no way there's like 300 millions worth difference between Layer Cake and Die Hard and Elf. For me, it's purely this is limited because of the cinema run, the theatre run.
1: Yeah, it deserves more. The kids might say these days it deserves its flowers. I've never heard that before. <laughs> and that's because I'm younger than you, Jay. I'm I'm down with the kids.
0: Well, my my teenage son keeps telling me stuff, and he's like, "What? What? what do you mean? Like all oh, the lingo?" And then I just feel old because I think of like when I was young, and telling my parents. Because he keeps saying, "Oh, it's sick. It's sick." And he's like, "Are you sick?" No, it's sick. And he's like, "Oh," and then he said something about. Oh, he's talking about some new clothes he got, and he's, he can't, he said, "I can't remember what he said, so don't quote me." But he said like, "Oh, this is so dry, or this is so crumbled, or something." And I like looked at him, and he meant, "Oh, that means it's like really slick, really good." And he's like, "He's talking another language." I just feel really old. He's fifteen, and he's just got into fashion. And it's
1: is your just, son like, becoming a, a cockney gang gangster type.
0: <laughs> uh, it, it's funny because. Um, I went somewhere and, you know, listeners, I'm originally from Essex and Andy um, is from the Midlands and we both live in the Midlands now. And I went somewhere and I was talking to this woman and she was like, oh, you've got an accent, you know, where are you from? So I said, oh, I'm originally from Essex. Bearing in mind, that I moved up from Essex when I was six or seven years old and now I'm 42 and people still pick out, you know, some words they, you know, there, there's some words, like my wife will say, that it's like my cockney comes through. And I think it's like, especially when I'm stressing out, I will say something and my wife will, like, moan at me, saying, like, oh, your cockney's coming out. But, yeah. Anyway, I've really digressed there, Andy. So, you know, I'd best get back onto the the, the rank. Yeah, you were talking about getting the...
1: your cockney out.
0: <laughs> now the the rank bank so as always now in season three where the mixtape season we are doing the film rankings by genre so this is the first film we've got in our drama and thriller um, rankings so just to remind everyone I gave Leah cake 8 out of 10 and therefore because this is the first film in our drama and thriller it goes in at number
1: one Andy Yep, first film for the drama and thriller genre, 7 out of 10 for me, so it's in first place as things stand, but uh, we will be having more films fill in this genre and all the others as the season rolls on, so keep listening in future weeks for new ones to be added to the mix to see how they compare. But uh, that was quite a nice trip down uh, down to the southern part of England and the gangster world, so... uh, probably time to end things before you know we get taken out by dragon and his mates so thank you everyone for listening hope you enjoyed what we had to share with you today
0: yeah and you can send any questions suggestions feedback that you might have via our social media channels or by reaching out to us at the rating room at
1: com. don't forget we've got the website up and running the dot and we've also got our youtube channel where you can find These episodes, clips of other episodes, short... uh, There's a whole bunch of stuff on the YouTube channel. You really check it out if you're a fan of the podcast and a fan of TV, movies and films, because we've got all sorts on there. Check it out at The Rating Room.
0: You can find us on all major social media sites by searching for at The Rating Room. And make sure you subscribe to our channels and you can stay up to date with the latest news. And remember, if there's any films or TV shows that you want us to watch and give us um, our view on these, do let us know.
1: Now, it's uh, it's that time of year, isn't it, Jay, where love is in the air. um, Valentine's Day is around the corner and I've got an idea. I think we should spend Valentine's Day together talking about one of the better romantic comedy films, I think, of... uh, from the world of cinema As we, we go back to a favourite from season 2 And that being Mr Tom Hanks But this is a film we didn't cover in season 2 um, And it is You've Got Mail So uh, Jay, will you be my valentine?
0: Yes Andy, I will I can't think of anything better than spending valentine's evening With A middle aged man
1: And our hundreds of thousands and millions of listeners <laughs> and As well yes, yes. So we'll we'll be there Next week Uh, where we'll be giving you all the love that we can. Thanks for listening, everyone.